My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. It's Basha here. Today we have a super exciting guest, Kevin Marcus Miller. He sells LinkedIn makeovers and LinkedIn coaching for personal brands. He's also the host of the Agency Talk podcast. Welcome to the show, Kevin. Thank you so much what for coming up. Appreciate you, Asha. What's going on? So we're going to have some great conversation. We'll cover what's working, your podcast, your challenges, yep. and your goals. And I'm sure within that conversation alone, we'll have some great takeaways. Absolutely. Let's we... do it. So before we jump in, do you mind telling us a bit about your story and where you are today? Absolutely. My name is Kevin Marcus Miller. Thank you so much for having me. And um First thing I like to tell people is that I'm a survivor. I'm a 12-time sudden cardiac arrest survivor. And that has a lot to do with where I'm at today because one of the things that I feel people are missing a lot, especially given what happened with COVID and all the challenges we've all been experiencing, is the ability to put hope back on your playlist. I think a lot of times that's why people listen to these podcasts, right? It's because they they do want to learn some tactical things, but they, they actually want to be inspired they want to hear something that they don't hear every day so that's probably the biggest component like of what I'm doing and my story is is sharing that um, part of me and then business happens to be uh, part of the story as well but it's not it's certainly not the focal point so um, LinkedIn marketing that's where I'm at now I'm sure I'll pivot we all do <laughs> as I'm sure you have in your life as well oh, yes. <laughs> um, and uh, that's where I'm at right now is providing LinkedIn marketing for my clients and um, also having a podcast. So thanks so much. And really looking forward to chatting further. Likewise, for sure. So I want to know, how did you get to the LinkedIn niche? How did that come about? I pivoted. (laughs) So it was (laughs) totally like, it wasn't like, oh, I want to start doing this. So I actually started in 2015 as a songwriter. I used to work at Guitar Center. For those of you who know who that is, great music shop. I was in pro audio. And that's where I started and learned about marketing. And what I figured out is, to grow your brand as a songwriter, you have to write more songs, right? But also growing the personal brand. If you swap out the word marketing with influencing, it all makes sense. So our job is to influence other people, right? To license our music or whatever it is. So that was what I was doing. And I landed uh, my first major feature film placement in a movie called Almost Christmas. Uh, some of you probably seen it has Gabrielle Union and Donny, Donald Glover. And so that movie really catapulted me um, to understand what I was really doing, which was marketing, because I was influencing people. So mm-hmm. I built my personal brand with songwriting, realized there's not a whole lot of money in this. <laughs> so I pivoted to providing marketing services because I had a cardiac arrest in 2019, right? And that's where um, I pivoted to being able to provide marketing services. So um, that day that was, I believe that was June of 2019, June 1st. And so I was actually playing basketball and I was coming up the court and, uh, this was the way it was told to me. Cause I actually was unconscious. I don't remember, but, um, I was playing basketball, screamed out and I was actually in an induced coma. I had a cardiac arrest at 25 and I was in an induced coma for about three days. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so, you know, my first thought when I woke up was, 
I almost did it. Like I almost made it. I almost achieved what I wanted to in life, but I felt like I had so much more to achieve. And I felt really this deep sense of shame because I wasn't as successful as I saw myself. Um, and so I decided like, well, up until this point, you've never actually fully tried being an entrepreneur. You've had a nine to five and done some songwriting on the side, but you've never been a full-time entrepreneur. What's the worst that could happen? You've already been through the worst. So I left my job. And at the time I was working in marketing at Microsoft. So I left my job 2020 uh, in the middle of the pandemic, um, relaunched my marketing agency, right? And I was doing web design and then pivoted to VA services, pivoted to LinkedIn. And here we are today. Oh my gosh. But I love that. I love that you're so willing to pivot and you're so quick yeah. to do it. It's like, yeah, you know what? Like this is the move. This is what we're doing right now. <laughs> yep, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So what do you wish that you knew back when you first started that you know now? No one you look up to um, doesn't continue to reinvent themselves. It's not a choice. I thought it was a choice. I thought Dwayne The Rock Johnson, he chose to reinvent himself. Then I really studied these people's stories. Oprah, right? Kevin Hart. These people, they were put in scenarios where they were forced to reinvent themselves. I always thought it was like, oh, they just, they're just bored. They want to do something else. <laughs> but that's not the case at all. And so once I accepted that, then I realized that's part of success. Like, oh, okay. That, that's that ego talking and that shame talking, that inner critic we all have. Oh, you shouldn't pivot or you shouldn't reinvent yourself because that means that previous thing failed accept the failure. It's not always a lesson because I think a lot of people preach that too. A lot of business coaches and gurus, they're like, everything's a lesson. Not everything. <laughs> there, there isn't really like, the, I could say that honestly, Bashir, because like um, I've had 12 cardiac arrests, not just one. So if, if there was a lesson, I would have got it the first time. <laughs> I would have got it the first time, I promise you. So it's not like yeah. I keep getting reeducated or something like that. It's just, Unfortunately, that's the condition I live with. So um, taking that day by day, you know, waking up, having symptoms. I even had symptoms today um, and, and prioritizing the things you want to be a part of and, and, and putting people in your life that will give you grace. So I also I think. You're, you are right. Not everything is a lesson. And if there was a lesson for you to learn with all the cardiac arrests, you would have learned it the first time around. You didn't need the other 11 times. <laughs> but when it comes to reinventing yourself, I think it's, I think it's, you can go both ways. It can either be something there, you know, a situation that you've been kind of forced into, but I think mm -hmm. it's perfectly acceptable to just wake up one day and be like, I don't like this anymore. This is, I would me. prefer it that way. I'm, <laughs> I, I bet you would, man. I, I would, would prefer it that way. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I agree. <laughs> Absolutely. But I think I, I like that you said giving yourself more grace. Yeah. Definitely. That's a huge thing. For huge sure. Thing. For sure. 100%. And a lot of people, I think, um, when it comes to scaling a six figure business, I know that's what you talk about a lot on this podcast. They think that when they achieve that the first time, they feel like, oh, people are going to treat you different now. Let me tell you from firsthand experience, it doesn't work that way, right? So your inner thoughts, like the way you really feel about yourself, when you walk into certain rooms, people recognize that first. So I could be dead broke. It wouldn't matter. I'm still Kevin Marcus Miller. 
Because when I walk into the room, they're not looking at the six figure. They're looking at me, my energy, my story. So I would recommend people, you know, try not to put so much emphasis and inertia on, oh, I finally hit it. I finally got it. You're going to, you're just going to get over it. And then you're going to want to hit the seven and then the eight. Like I had a friend I interviewed on a podcast and he told me flat out, he's like, Kevin, I had my job for five years, my nine to five, and we were making a hundred and million, a hundred million dollars a year. And I, st- he still kept his nine to five. And that really hit me. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm, my ego's way out of line. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't understand. So even the most successful people, like they, um, they will sacrifice and do things that other people won't do because it'll make them look a certain way. Hmm put more emphasis on yourself and who you are as a person. And honestly, it all starts with you anyway, especially when it comes to business. You know, as long as you have yourself in order, your business will be in order as well. Oh, that's a bar. I like that. <laughs> that's hard. I like that. Soundbite. Soundbite. <laughs> so I guess what keeps you motivated? Don't need motivation. The reason why that I say that, and I'm just being honest, is because if you're living with a heart condition and you're waking up and having symptoms every single day, there isn't motivation, it's survival. And then hopefully there's joy, mm-hmm. right? And hope. So I'm living in a, like the way I like to think about it, my wife, she always tells me I'm probably one of the greatest lieutenants that other people will know. And, you know, in, in the business land, there's there's depth, right? And then there's Alex Hermosi, you know, rich, wealthy, influential. I would say I probably have the most depth. I'm not the most influential or the most wealthy, but I would, it would be really hard to argue that someone is living with a harder condition and circumstances mm-hmm. than me at this point. So that keeps me going. It's not motivation. It, it's my, it's my new normal. It's my new normal. I see. And that, there's a lot of discipline that comes with that. I'm sure that that plays a huge role in it as well. Very much so. Even just before I getting on this call, right? So, you know, woke up, had symptoms for about an hour and a half, wasn't feeling good, was dizzy, um, ate my breakfast, right? Even though um, I, I was having issues digesting it, wasn't, you know, my appetite wasn't there, meds, all these kind of things, having enough discipline to keep going anyway, rest. Okay, now I need to get ready for this podcast interview go relax for a little bit, try to get, you know, calm so you can be fully present. And, and that level of discipline, um, it's not motivation. It's more so the alternative is so much worse. So you have perspective. Mm. So, so feeling, so having symptoms and pursuing and going anyway is so much better than being in a coma. Yeah. So, you, so you're not, it's not that you need to remind yourself or hype yourself up. It's, it's literally just that your experiences are that, that different. So you, you understand that, oh, I am, I am having a good day. Cause you're not in a coma. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I like that, but I like that in your mind, there is no other alternative. This is no. what you're doing. This is what you have to do. This is how things are. And that's it. Exactly. There's 100%. no discussion in your mind there. I think a lot of people have that, right? Where it's a, it's a debate whether they're going to do something mm-hmm. and stick to their word or what they said they were going to do. There is no, that, that I can't afford that. Yeah. yeah. So 
tell me a little bit about the, some of the strategies that you implement for growth, both for yourself and for your clients. This is where it gets really interesting. So there's two belief systems here. There's, there's people who want to earn their way and there's people who um, are okay with getting to where they want to go if there's a shortcut. And the way I look at this is very simple. If you go to Drake's Instagram right now and you keep hitting refresh on the people that are following him, you're going to see some real people and you're also going to see some fake people. A lot of people don't want to accept that that's what social media really is because mm-hmm. they want it to be pretty and they want everything to be real and they want everyone to be engaged and all the likes to be real and all these things. And so because that is actually the reality at that high of a level, um, and most people are just not accepting that. The way I look at it is there's, you have to meet the client where they're at. So the client might be okay with that. And so there's a mix of some of that. The client might not be okay with that. And so it's all earned. And that determines how far someone goes 100%. Because if you look at anybody's Instagram that has a million followers, some of those people aren't real. That's just the, that's just the, <laughs> that's the bottom line. And so people are going to go, oh, that's bad. And it's not real. And da, da, da. It, the internet's not real guys. It's a game. The whole thing mm-hmm. is a game. So you're either playing to win or you're playing to be the most moral. So you can judge everybody else. Mm-hmm. And I prefer to work with people. Um, who understand given what I've been through, I've been through enough. I want to get to my happy place now. And I, I'm not going to judge myself or other people for how they get there. So um, one of the strategies we love to tell people with LinkedIn is there's this old school networking concept. I'm sure a lot of your clients have this too, where they'll tell somebody in LinkedIn on the DM, they'll just be like, hey, no sales pitch. Just want to hop on a quick 15 minute call to network, even though we know in the back of the mind, that's not what it is. Some people are going to go, oh, that's wrong. That's immoral. I think it's smart. That's just my personal opinion, because people's, you know, sales mechanism and objections and all that stuff is so high nowadays. Unfortunately, you do have to tell people things that they don't you know, certain things to get them on a call. There are strategies to this. We call them strategies, but really it's psychology Mm -hmm. like at the deepest level. So um, if you want to influence somebody on LinkedIn specifically, um, I would use that approach where, you know, you're either going on a networking call and then it organically comes up if it needs to about your services, right? And you have that in the back pocket. Um, So there is some authenticity there. Or you're going to be a spammer and you're just going to hit people with want to book 30 appointments per day. <laughs> I'm sure you see that like every other day. Want to book 100 appointments? I'll get you 100 appointments guaranteed, all that kind of stuff. And so mm-hmm. um, my preference is the is the first methodology. That's how we get it, you know, results for our clients. I mean, I don't think that that's a bad strategy at all, though. I know. You and I are the same. That's what I'm saying. Some yeah. people don't feel that way. I don't see how that's morally wrong. You're just, you're, you're sending a message and you're asking and they have the option to say no. It's not like you're holding them surprised. at gunpoint. You're like, you have to get on this oh. call with me or else. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't that, see the problem there. You see what I'm saying? Like, that's how I feel about it. But there's so many people we that don't feel that We have free will, we can way. choose. <laughs> exactly. 
Exactly. Get, it's one message. It's, it, get over it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So what are some of the biggest challenges that you're facing in your business right now? Right before you hit that seven figure mark, one of the things that starts to happen is if the vision was not instilled in the people that started with you, you're going to have to keep bringing in new leadership. Mm-hmm. So Nicole on my team, she's been with me probably the longest, two, three years. And she's bought into the vision. But some of the other people, I would say, you know, when you think about it, they're newer to the vision. They're newer to my style. They're newer to my leadership, the resilience, the level of excellence I have to operate on every day. And so throughout the years, I've noticed that um, certain people, it's like, it's like a, um, when you're going on the bus ride, right? Some people are getting dropped off at certain places and that's okay. And you have to learn as a CEO that not only is that a good thing and part of the journey, but that actually is literally growth. Mm-hmm. People don't quite understand that component. So letting people go and then letting new people get on the bus, that is literally growth. It's not part of growth. It's literally growth. And so once you start um you know, approaching the seven figure mark, then when you start diversifying the leadership team, what happens is other people's core values become different. So somebody might have a core value, like my core value, my health and lifestyle has to become before business. Somebody else's core value might be the customer first. Mm -hmm. That's where, that's where the challenges start to happen. And so navigating those are difficult, but I'm up for the challenge. Making sure just everybody's on the same page in terms of values and core beliefs and morals. And And communication styles and expectations. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, I know for this, for our company, we had, everybody took like two or three different personality assessments Mm. just so we could all understand each other better and understand how everybody works and how everybody processes things and handles problems and things like that and what's important to everyone. Exactly. So I I could definitely see that. But you know what? Like you said, it's growth. It's growth. Exactly. hundred percent. So where are you? So it's, let's say it's December, 2023. Where would you like your business to be? Oh, great question. One of the things I actually want to do is become more of a media personality than an agency owner. And the reason why is because it supports my lifestyle and where I'm at in my life. I'm getting married in June. My priority is making it to my 30th birthday and being able to walk across my wedding. That's my number one priority above everything. So because my team knows that, I know that I'm not in a position where, oh, I need the agency to do this and this and that. No, I'm going to grow my podcast, have great guests, um, have great sponsors. One of our sponsors is High Level. Do you know who that is? I do not. Okay. So High Level is like HubSpot. They're like a big CRM. Mm -hmm. Uh, so they're one of our sponsors and we have about 50,000 people in our group right now of marketers. So being able to leverage that to grow, not only, you know, my personal brand, but the podcast and these other things that I really want to be passive income streams. That's my personal goal. The business goal, um, for all approach, which is our LinkedIn marketing agency, I would say is definitely to hire. Um, we, we definitely need a chief of staff at this point. (laughs) <laughs> that that's like my number on my radar so but it's a great thing to have <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's like but it's, i don't know that i'd call it a problem but yeah i mean 
going I, I, good places. <laughs> it's a good thing, right? So then I can have more of my time and things like that. But you and I know, like, you know, unfortunately we do have to be in the weeds sometimes, you know? So I know, but yeah. it's, you know what? I wouldn't choose any other path. That's great. I love to hear that. Yeah. That's awesome. So actually we're, while we're on the, t- you mentioned the podcast, let's talk mm-hmm. about that a little bit. What For was sure. the intention behind starting the podcast and Thought. what do you talk about on there? Love it. Agency talk. The goal is actually to interview C-list and B-list online celebrities that we like. So you, you remember some of these people that really blew up on Vine or Instagram and things mm-hmm. like that. I figured it'd be fun to interview those people because they don't do interviews, right? Okay. Those are people that um, built incredible personal brands. And the goal of the podcast is to educate people how to monetize social media. So it's perfect to bring those type of people that have, you know, quarter million, a million, five million followers, that level C-list or B-list celebrities, online celebrities. And so we interview those people, right? And we ask them the really uh, dirty questions, right? So I was, you know, I would ask somebody, uh, how did you really get a million followers on Instagram? Because you're not as famous as Drake. <laughs> oh my <laughs> right? God. So I would Stop. really ask people a real question. Do we have a great time? Because my personality, right? Yeah. So that that people want to know these things. They really want to know. But do you something. tell them that? Do you say, well, like you don't have as many followers as Drake? I'll say it in a funny way. So okay. one, of, one of the times I said, I said, listen, bro, how, bro, you got to put me on game, man. You got a million followers, man. You getting like Drake level, man. How do you do that? That's how I ask it. <laughs> See? So there's, there's tact and skill to it and humor. Oh, I love it. So what are some of your favorite strategies for getting B-list celebrities on your show? Yep. If you get one, then ask them to refer their friends. So um, Clinton Sparks, now a friend of mine, he's an iconic radio DJ. Um, If you remember World Star Hip Hop, LimeWire, Mixtapes.net, he was like huge um, pioneer in that era, in the mixtape era. So everybody from, uh, what can I say? Uh, Puff, P. Diddy, uh, Biggie Smalls, right? He worked, Lady Gaga, he just did a song with Lady Gaga. So very iconic. He connected with me with several other of his friends, right? Mm-hmm. And that was the smartest way, in my opinion, like to get somebody of a higher caliber. The other way you can go about it is if you have leverage. So I have a group of 50,000 people. So if I want to do outreach and ask somebody to be on my podcast, I would say, hey, I have a group of 50,000 marketers who would love to hear your tips on marketing. Would you like to have a conversation with me on the podcast? That also works awesome. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. How has the podcast benefited you and your business? It, It allows people to see me differently than an agency owner which helps me in a lot of ways. First of all, it helps me buy back my time. It also helps me connect with people on a much deeper level so they understand why they're even wanting to sign up with my marketing agency over the other 50,000 in my group. So when they listen to me have these conversations with people and use humor and tell my story and share vulnerability, they want to be around that or they don't. So it's repel marketing. Um, and attraction marketing. So I think um, Mm -hmm. it's really helped me increase my flow of inbound leads and the quality of the leads for sure. Because they like you as a person and they identify with you, which Mm -hmm. makes it way easier for somebody to want to sign up with you if they like you as a person. Right. hundred percent. 
I actually want to ask you this. You know, a lot of people say, you know, people have to know, like, and trust you. Do you believe that? Or do you think it's maybe a little different? I think it depends on the person. Mm. I think it depends on the person. Like for me, I may, I don't have to like you, but if I'm paying you and you're going to get the job done the way Mm. I want it done, then I have no problem with not liking the person. But I think other, I think other people align a little bit differently and they Mm. want to like the person, trust the person. Obviously you have to trust the person. I think that's, you know, that's important, but, but that can be done with, you know, giving examples of past work that they've done, you know, Mm -hmm. that's trust. Mm -hmm. Isn't that hard to, isn't that hard to build? It's more of a personal trust. That's hard to build. I love that answer so much because I think a lot of these gurus will say that, but then they forget if you go to trust pilot right now, go look up Facebook, Google, they have a one-star review. Really? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Interesting. It's not that we like Facebook and most of us don't trust them because we know they're doing stuff with our data. It's that they're, yeah. it's, and then people will say, oh, well, we're, it's because we're addicted. No, it's because they influence, like they have a level of influence over our, our everyday business activities and the way everyone is communicating together. So I love that answer because I think people don't quite think it all the way through. So if you go, everybody indulge me in this exercise. Go to Trustpilot right now, which is a review site for brands. Look up Facebook. You'll see that they have less than a two-star review from thousands and thousands of users. That means people do not like Facebook. There's something else in there that we don't talk about, which is the brand has to become monumental and influential in the way people live their everyday lives. So Facebook, whether you like the fact uh, that they use your data or whatever, they have enough influence on your community's everyday activities that you're going to use Facebook groups to grow your business, whether you like Facebook or not. Exactly. Exactly. Just like you don't have to like the Walmart that you go to, you know, maybe it's kind of in a sketchy area and people get shot in the <laughs> parking lot like they do here in Houston, but you still need to go get your stuff. Like you don't exactly. have to love the place, but you're still going to go and get your groceries there. I'm so glad you agree with me on this because honestly, <laughs> I see it like in so many guru videos and people are like, yes, no, like it, trust. I'm like, think it through. Just think it through. For so I think, I think it also depends on the product though. So if you mm. are, if you are a, mm. let's say you're a trauma life coach. Okay. Okay. As, as a client, I need to feel like I know you, I like you and I trust you in order to allow you Mm. into my life and talk to me about my problems. I wouldn't say people like their therapists. I would say that they, they weigh more. It's like the meter of trust is so high that they might, they may like certain sessions they have with a therapist, but I wouldn't argue that they need to, to like the therapist in the beginning. Does that make sense? Yes, I see. I see. I think I in agree the high with what t- you're I'm, saying. I'm talking about like the high ticket space, though. Oh, you're talking about so if you're yes. So mm. I'm talking about like if you are a life coach, you know, and you're doing you're on a sales call with a person, okay. and 
like if they don't like you and they don't like your vibe and they don't like your energy, they're not going to sign up with you. So I think there I think there's a mm. lot of different factors, but I do agree that people put too much pressure on no like and trust and okay. less about just providing like tangible proof that they know their shit. I like it. I can get down with that. Yeah, I can get down with that. All right, Kevin, 100%. thank you so much for coming on. I love this of interview. Course. This is great. Um, if anybody's looking to get in contact with you, what's the best yes. way for them to find you? Absolutely. Feel free to check us out. Podcast is agencytalkpodcast.com. My name is Kevin Marcus Miller. So if you type in Kevin Miller, nothing's going to pop up. <laughs> so I learned that in, the hard way. <laughs> right? Yep, yep, yep. So type in Kevin Marcus Miller and our LinkedIn marketing agency. If you need some help and support as a B2B business um, or want to join our Facebook group, you can go to allapproach.com. Sounds good. Once again, thank you so much for coming on. Absolutely. Thank you group. If you're listening and enjoyed, please like, and subscribe. If you're a six-figure entrepreneur and would like to come on the show, please visit top100interview.com. Thank you. Hey everyone. I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com and then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.